All right, welcome to Tokyo Speaks. I'm your host, Cliff. And if you're new to the podcast, um, this is a inclusive podcast um, that features a diverse and inspiring international community here in Tokyo. All right. Um, before I introduce my featured guests, I'm going to have the guest host um, introduce herself. Hello, everybody. My name is Yan Fan.、Uh, I am a resident of Tokyo.、Uh, I moved here about three years ago to start a coding boot camp called Code Chrysalis. So I'm the co founder and CTO. Thanks for having me on. Yes. And Yan has been featured a couple times on the podcast、um, and now. First time as a guest host. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for remembering me. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> I'm flattered、on. every time I hear from you. <laughs> yeah. So, just to kind of give you a little history on the podcast,、um, I had a co host by the name of Buddha. Shout out to Buddha.、Um, I talked to him the other day. He's fine. He's doing well.、Um, but, you know, so me and Buddha, we did the podcast about two years under the name of Raw Urban Mobile Podcast, that name that nobody could remember. So,、um, Buddha decided to step down, and I、um, rebranded the podcast with Tokyo Speaks. And、uh, I decided to, for, you know, rather than it just be me hosting all the time, I wanted to have different people from the community on to be a guest host because I don't know everything. And I feel it's better when it's like at least three people here and we can have a flow of conversation and share different experiences. And everybody has different、um, educational backgrounds, you know, all that type of stuff. So, yeah. So, thank you, Yan, for coming on.、Um, how's Cold Chrysalis?、Um, yeah, we're doing well. Doing well.、Um, we're surviving. Surviving.、Um, coronavirus, of course, is not an ideal situation to be operating any kind of business in. Yes.、Um, but、uh, we're, you know, we've come up with a lot of. Good plans that we're now implementing. So, a lot of cool stuff coming up、um, or have already been, we've already been doing. So, yeah, just chugging on forward and hoping that、uh, the community recovers because、yes. I think it's just been really sad hearing about how so many people have been affected. Yes. And shout out to Connie. Yeah. Hey, Connie. The co founder of Connie. Connie just got a new dog. Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah, he did. Budgie. I, yeah, I, I've seen the pictures on Facebook. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you know, th- th- this is an、uh, interesting connection here, and, and you, you'll find out why.、Um, so, we have co founder Yan Fan of Code Chrysalis, and our featured guest, she also works for Code Chrysalis.、Mm-hmm. So,、yeah. I'll have her introduce herself now. Tokyo. Hello, Cliff and Yen. Thank you so much for having me today.、Um, my name is Steffi Harner.、Um, I am a co founder of a female entrepreneur community, Startup Lady Japan.、Um, I am six months into my new career as a software engineer at Code Chrysalis.、Um, thank you. <laughs> and、um, I'm also a cyberpunk、um, content creator 
and influencer. There was an app, not an app. It was a filter you created that I used. So. Yeah, Instagram filter. Yeah. My, my space donut. Yeah. yeah. AR space yeah. donut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, so, you know, I, I've, I've known Steffi for some time now. I've been to uh, several Startup Lady events. Mm-hmm. That's where we met. Actually, that's where we all met, right? Yeah. Right? That's how I'm, yeah, that's how I met you. I spoke at It was the same lady. day. Oh, this, really? Yes. Mm-hmm. It was the same day. Story night? Story right. night. Wow. Yeah. Look at Startup Lady connecting yeah. the Connect- dots. That was a really big event for us. That was um, a bit crazy at the time. Yeah, there was there were so many people. I I couldn't even get a seat, yeah. and I was one of the speakers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was no, it was great though. I mean, it was the kind of the energy and the atmosphere was just incredible. And um, I mean, I I always say that like you know for events that are like women focused like you never see men and that was what was really striking about the startup lady event was the amount of men that were there i think it was like it wasn't just like five guys that were dragged there by their girlfriends it was <laughs> like i think like half the audience was was men yeah and you know uh what was it i, I forgot how i found out about startup lady i want to say facebook but i think that was the first event i attended and i actually came to hear you speak and um who else um seiko spoke seiko yes mm-hmm. shout out to seiko i know her and um sayaka yuji yuji right i hope mm-hmm. i'm saying that right yes um yeah and i, I met you for the first time that night so yeah you i think an that amazing was amazing lineup that night yeah that was it was yeah. it was um, really awesome gotta do it again. Bay, tokyo um they also yeah, they had Kelly. a representative. Kelly, Kelly yeah. yeah. I've never I met know. her in person, but I, I know of her, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, shout out to Kelly. All right, so where should we start? But how long have you been in Japan? Yeah, I, uh, when did I move here? Four years ago? Four years ago. Um, summer 2016, right? Yeah, I can't believe it's been four years already. Oh I thought it was longer. Yeah. Okay. No, did, just four years. Did you imagine that you were going to stay here for this long? Mm. No, I had no plans, actually. I mean, the only thing, when I left San Francisco four years ago, I actually was, um, excuse me, I was actually trying to leave tech. I was trying Uh, to mm. run away from Silicon Valley because I was working there for four years. Um, And yeah, I think the irony now is I'm deeper into tech than I ever (laughs) was as a software engineer. So, I mean... Yeah, it came and found me again. Yeah. So that's that's a very interesting thing. Um yeah, I mean, when I moved here, I just like I was trusting a gut feeling and just trying to go to Japan, which for me as um a child like represented um kind of freedom and adventure. I'm a closet otaku, like mm. anime nerd. Yeah, if for those who don't know. And um yeah, just being here, just being here made me happy. Like um, I would, was studying Japanese for the first year. I was just traveling, um, recording all the experiences that were happening and posting them on social media. I was just kind of oversharing my life here. Um, and that's how I kind of got into content creation. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily as a J-vlogger, but I'm um, just sharing different um, experiences as a foreigner living in Japan here. And um, it was actually because of all that content creation that... Uh, startup the startup lady idea started um my mm. friend amy who i was connected to through um 
you know, USF Berkeley community back in San Francisco. Um, she asked if I would be interested in doing a little video project with her and Moeko Suzuki, two of my co-founders. Who were also on this podcast. Yeah, mm. that's yeah, right. So. I was listening to them. Yeah. yeah. Go and listen to that episode. Yes. <laughs> Basically, yeah, go listen to that one. <laughs> I forgot which number it is, so you're going to have to sift through it. But, <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. We So we just started meeting up at this cafe in Shinjuku once a week to just list out a bunch of um, our mutual connections who were kind of badass females who are doing great things, but no one really knows about them. So we went out there and just took like a, like a point and shoot camera and started recording them with our, you know, our, our very little equipment, <laughs> very low tech equipment and made these YouTube videos. And that's, this little video project when we, we, we had a couple of videos and we decided, hey, why don't we, instead of just showing them online, like, why don't we just bring people together and like host an event? And none of us had planned, like done event planning before. And that's when we brought on Coco, actually, because she had a bit of experience doing that. And so this little video project started turning into these monthly events where we would, uh, we ended up inviting female speakers to go and tell a story. And we just event after event we saw more and more interest and more and more people coming and it just it turned into this this big thriving community from that and i had no idea um how much it would grow yeah but then not only that but how many amazing like women and men that i would meet through that initiative um and if it wasn't for startup lead i wouldn't have met yan <laughs> yes i wouldn't have met yan yeah. So, yeah. I wouldn't I, have met you two. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't have met you. Yeah. Um, so startup lady. It's, it's like, uh, yeah, I I think we were, it was kind of a struggle finding speakers. At, at one point, we're like, we've exhausted the people that we know that are female entrepreneurs. Like, where do we find them? Mm. And we were looking on LinkedIn, just like filtering, like, oh, who's a CEO and is in Japan? And then we had some mutual connections. I think it was through Tsuyoshi, mm. who recommended I reach out to you so I asked if you Yan and if I asked for you to come to one of our bigger events where we featured um uh I think eight different speakers um for yeah. our biggest event at the time which is like six months into operation uh story night and I just remember um I wasn't expecting to be blown away by your story <laughs> yeah I think you were our final speaker and I just remember hearing you talking about um, just like your your non-traditional experience and how you got into software engineering. And it kind of it it broke this like unconscious like bias I had against like the idea of what a software engineer is in my mind. And I was like, whoa, I like she's so badass. Like <laughs> I you I guess you can do that too. Like, can I try to do that? Like mm. I don't know. It was really, really powerful. I think that's one of the things that Startup Lady um, brings to other women. Like, it's different when you see someone like on a screen, like on YouTube, just saying like, oh, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. These are my struggles. But seeing them like in front of your eyes telling their story and they're like a real human being. Mm. And just that is very empowering. Um, just having a role model in front of you and saying like, I can do it. Maybe you can do it, too. And so that's really what um, got me interested in giving coding a try. Like, I had no idea what I was getting into, to be honest, when I <laughs> took my first coding class. But 
yeah, I just I just knew at that point if I didn't try to, I would regret it. Mm. The power of representation, you know, seeing another woman uh, <laughs> take a journey that not many women take, I guess. Yeah. I think even the suggestion. Mm. Like, it doesn't, I don't know if it necessarily has to be a woman there, but simply, like, someone just suggesting, like, oh, you could do this. Because yeah. that, that was what happened for me. So I didn't really have, like, a tangible person, but it was just friends of mine when I was like, I need to build this thing, but I don't know how to do it. They were just like, well, you can learn. And it was, like, a very, really simple idea, and I was just like, oh, yeah, I I guess I could mm. like that seed that gets planted. Yes, uh. that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. How how that uh, you know, it, like you said, it happened a little different for you, but still, uh, you were able to inspire someone else. Um, man, yeah, that that was a beautiful night. I'm trying to think who else have I had? Cause I yeah, I met a lot of people that night. Yeah, that led to a lot of things for me. So yeah. obviously, met you, met yeah. um, Stuffy. Um, I also met um, this woman named uh, Sayaka Tanaka. She also goes by Ivy. Um, and she started a nonprofit called Waffle, mm. helping girls get interested in coding and tech. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, that night was great. I met so many people. And, yeah, you as Startup Lady had only been operating for about six months. And I remember as Code Chrysalis, we were doing a lot of events as well. And it felt like, wow, from out of nowhere, there was like this other community that popped up. And so we were really excited because, oh, no <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think like, you know, we don't really see other communities as competition. And I think that's what's really cool about here right it's just like oh great like there's more options yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know it's not just us doing stuff yeah. or like it's not just like four communities so I, it's pretty cool yeah. seeing it i'm curious about like your time in japan before startup lady like so you were traveling around um creating content unknowingly of your travels and kind of picking up steam was that around the time that you started doing some modeling work as well and how did this whole like cyberpunk persona come up for you oh well yeah um hmm. like when did, did that, that develop yeah i think you know this is the cyberpunk um i don't know persona that is now Steffi Harner. Um, it was always there, I think, like in my interests. It's like the anime. I have a lot of um, uh, influences from like anime that I consumed as a child. And now, um, I don't know if you know Akira or mm -hmm. Psychopath. Mm -hmm. or, yeah, a little those, familiar, yeah. yeah I mean, for those of you who don't know what cyberpunk is, I'm just throwing out this word like everyone knows what it is. It's kind of a subgenre of science fiction um set in like the near near future where um technology is kind of engulfed humanity and you know technology is an extension of of us we created this mm -hmm. in order to enhance our lives um in order to give us a better quality of life but in many ways it it, it kind of takes away from our humanity um and the government uses that to suppress um certain people too and so in cyber punk in particular um, highlights the people who are the rebels in that society who are trying to go against the grain and um, you know 
uh, there's a saying called high tech low life like even though we have all of this like progress in terms of technology it not doesn't necessarily give back to us as humans and so kind of not fighting against it and being a rebel um, can help take back the humanity so, high tech low yeah life. and mm. i do feel like it's connected to for me personally to um the values that i um the values that bring me passionate passion for startup lady and for for software you know it's kind of like taking technology into your own hands and making good with it mm. yeah. yes, yes, yes so yeah in terms of so the content i create for, for cyberpunk i guess when you just look at the content i create it's only like a it's just like the the face of it it's just like the superficial part of it mm. with like mm. the bright neon colors like you know, robots and androids and stuff like that. But that is just the, you know, the tip of the iceberg. It doesn't, I really, when when I'm creating these art and collaborating with other other creatives, it's really because we believe in in pushing that idea out there, like to rebel against what is going on and fight for like the things that you believe in. Yeah, and I think um, as a model, because um, in, in this content that I produce with other creatives, um, I tried to represent like a woman that, um, you know, takes power and, you know, is leading and trying to inspire other women to do the same. Mm. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Wow. I've never heard it explained that way. Me either. Yeah, <laughs> I've learned the, so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but can, no, but you brought up a good point how like, you know, I, I follow you on Instagram. and it, Yeah. Like you said, people just see the superficial part, but you really... Um, explained it and the connection mm. between you know with you personally there's so um, many parallels with the present like this is not i don't see this as the future i see this no. as the present yes. right cyberpunk mm. is now i yeah. really believe yeah. it <laughs> it really is yeah. yeah i mean shibuya at night is is yeah. perfect right yeah. but no like i think you know getting more women into tech i think is very now that you've described it that way is like very cyberpunkish because mm. there's so much technology that's like kind of unwittingly not helping us. I don't want to say against, but it's not necessarily helping us, right? Like just entertaining us. It's entertaining us, but also you know, like there's a lot of um, biases that get built into the technology, yes, right? Because yeah. our technology is an extension of ourselves. Yeah. And if we ourselves are biased, then the technologies that we build are also biased, right? So um, kind of like some of the most extreme examples would be uh, the AI that police departments use, right? Um, which is like really dangerous. Uh, less dangerous stuff is like Grammarly recently talked about how they were trying to combat um, uh, just like grammatical, fixing grammatical errors and like... Uh, things like that so uh you know if you type like um something related to like kitchen the suggestions will always be feminine yes versus like something neutral or masculine oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well what's great is like you know grammarly and the, there's companies that are aware of this and are actively working against it but um you, you know, know we talked about this on the um episode i did with uh machine learning tokyo Shout out to Susanna yeah. Yeah, and the crew. So, yeah, we talked about this. So, yeah, good point. Yeah, and speaking of other creatives, you you worked with some people that I know, and they've been on the podcast. Oh, 
Yeah. Callum. Callum. Oh yeah, Callum. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, were in a yeah. film together. I actually yeah. played um his uh, a female counterpart. Well, I pl- uh, I was he was a such I uh, he was me um in a woman's body basically. So I was playing Callum like. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is. And yeah. uh, Stefan Yoski. Mm, Stefan yeah, too. Yeah. To yeah. Stephen, a lot of so. collaborations with Stefan and the dosing people. Cool. We all connected. Okay. It's a small community here. It is. I didn't really realize how how tight knit this um, this foreigner, but also tech community was until these startup lady events. Um, so we started organizing that, and we mm. kind of just kind of start seeing the same awesome, passionate faces mm. around. And that's when you realize that if just by putting yourself out there and like inviting people to come and join you, like you're making an impact in that way. Yes. Um, Definitely. And building bridges. And that's mm. been really amazing. Like, I can't even believe it. Yeah. Yeah. People ask me, like, how do you, they like, how do you get all these people in your podcast? And I'm just like, well, I go to these events. Yeah. <laughs> that's part of the reason why I go. So, you know, but also to be inspired as well, you know. Um, yeah. So you inspired that night by Yan. And then what, what, what happened? Did you like immediately sign up or how did that go? Um, I was, I was, I took a little bit of, I did some code academy. I tried to do some code wars and I was like, I don't really know what's going on. Like, I think I'd rather be in a classroom setting with a bunch of peers, like mm. some of that mm. energy. Um, I do find that I'm a very competitive person too. So like, if I do feel like it's a, it's gamified in that way and there's other people I can, you know, learn from mm. and compete against like uh, friendly competition, then I, I see myself thriving a little more. So I definitely put myself, I decided to surround myself with people that had the same goals as I did. And that really worked for me um, in a lot of ways. I think Foundations was a really good experience. Like I put a lot of time into that, but I felt pretty like, I think this is this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to just, just try to do that boot camp thing <laughs> and failed miserably four times Um I think for the that's, the technical interview, that's normal. Stephanie. Oh yeah, that was, that was terrifying. <laughs> I wouldn't say fail. I mean, it's not like we ever say like you fail, but it's just like okay, you just need to learn a little bit more hmm. kind of attitude, right? So yeah, for for the listeners out there, uh, explain the uh, difference between foundations and the boot camp. Oh yeah, so foundations is our beginner course. Um, it's really teaching. Yeah, the the like kind of absolute basics. So if you're if you think of it as like, I don't know, learning how to run a marathon, right? And you don't even know how to walk. Foundations teaches you how to balance, how to walk, how to start skipping, doing a little jumping, doing some light jogging, right? Um the immersive, which is like our full-time boot camp, that's where we prepare you to be a software engineer so people coming out of that program are fully ready to take on a professional role um and if you think of it as like marathon training um not only are we teaching you to run but like running with good form um being able to take care of your body after to make sure that you can continue running for you know a long distance um, and, and all of that. So it's, it's very, it's a much more holistic program. Um, foundations is focused on, 
um, kind of like building those first steps. So it's not just learning how to code, but also uh, pushing students to ask questions. Terrence. <laughs> yes, um, Terrence. Cliff. Oh, yeah. sorry, Cliff. No worries. Um, yes. Uh, so pushing pushing people to ask questions, um, think like an engineer, uh, kind of those baby steps. Yeah. So that's the difference. Um, so, you know, foundations gets you kind of to the starting point of the um, of the full time immersive boot camp. Um, so you should be able to pass our entrance exam or entrance interviews after taking foundations and, you know, doing studying, making sure you know the material well. And what kind of people are signing up for foundations? Oh, man, all kinds, right? So, like, influencers and... Mo- well, Steffi's been the only person so far who's been an influencer. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we've had, like, ballet dancers, plural. Really? Yeah, we've had more than mm-hmm. one. We've had three, I believe. Um, artists, uh, filmmakers, um, and then also like accountants, marketers, uh, business people. It's really all kinds. For the foundations class, it's we have a portion of people who want to make a career change in art. This is like their first step. Um, but a lot of people just work in tech and don't plan on becoming a software engineer, but want to just be able to feel a little bit more comfortable in the workplace. And then we have some people who are just purely just curious, mm. don't plan on doing anything with it, but just you know, want to know a little bit more. Yeah. So cool. it's it's pretty cool to see that diversity. And I'm one of the classes that I remember really well was just so diverse. We had a high school girl, a college student. Um, we had uh, the head of a... Um, tech consulting company in Tokyo. Um, like he, he was the director. Um, we had a ballet dancer, um, a male ballet dancer. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, so just like, and that was in one class, right? Like where else exactly. would you get that kind of um, diversity, diversity yeah. right? Uh, and and all for all of our classes, you have to work with someone else. And so, you know, sometimes like the this like high up executive at a company would be like working with the high school student, you know, <laughs> like yeah. getting getting stuff explained to him or whatnot. So uh, it's just really great to see that it's it's a real leveler, right? Mm, like everyone is. is going in, um, you know, with with kind of like everyone's on the same level. So yeah. it's really cool yeah. to see. I really love um I really love Code Chrysalis's community. Like that is for me one of the greatest things about Code Chrysalis. Um I'm really happy being back in tech and education <laughs> now. Um I was not I was definitely not happy um in the tech culture in San Francisco. I I was kind of trying to run away from the tech bro culture. Ah, uh, tech bro culture. Yeah, yeah. a little yeah, bit well, of um um it was also a my mentality at the time, I wasn't ready to take mm-hmm. on certain challenges. Um, and I mean, the environment played into that as well, just made it worse. But like being, um, taking foundations and being exposed to this really, really open understanding community that just welcomes like beginners and people from all over that may not, you know, know the ways of Silicon Valley <laughs> yeah. and just kind yeah. of embrace them and 
appreciate like what you do know and welcome like these diverse backgrounds like that's what really really helped me in my learning journey um in software engineering i mean i'm still learning today and dealing with imposter syndrome all the time oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm beginning i'm building building a lot of confidence since the first day i started teaching mm. myself and learning coding through what what happened in San Francisco? So I've always heard you talk about like I had a really bad experience with tech, but yeah, like do you have any specific? Can you be more specific um, or? Yeah, I mean, yeah, what happened? I so okay. The company that I worked for before um, moving to Japan uh, was a health tech company, and I really I really loved the product. Actually, I was I was in love with the company's mission, and so. For me, that kind of justified how much, how hard I was working for them. Um, I was, I put my, I did my hands in a lot of different departments. I was doing a little bit of a, um, like frontline sales and marketing. And then I went more into like creating um, content and designing the product um, to the point where I became the director of the content. Like I was, um, I was just leading the groups of people that were creating this health content and delivering them to our clients and users. Um, and that for me was very fulfilling coming from a, uh, my university background is in um, health and psychology. And so I felt like I was making a really big impact on people. And, uh, um, but what happened was um, we had some pretty big fortune 500 clients mm -hmm. that um, weren't so happy with like the content that we were delivering. Um, a lot of it had to do with sustainability and like um, how much sugar is inside of pies that those companies might have been selling. <laughs> and uh, oh, no. they didn't want their users to be reading those types of things. So what ended up happening was uh, they requested to censor, which ended up being maybe 45 percent of the content we were we were delivering. And um. when I was trying to push back on that, I wasn't getting any support from from my company yeah. and uh, that really just put me in a dark place <laughs> mm -hmm. and I just wanted to get away from all of that pretty much and I think um I don't know if I handled it the best you know I don't know if like if I could have if there was things I could have done at that point that would have changed the way things ended mm -hmm. up being with a client um in the company but um yeah I just I just felt like um I needed a break mm. yeah now you said uh, tech bro culture. Um, could could you like explain what that is a little bit? Like kind of give me an idea of what you might have. Yeah, I mean, I think it's went kind of. Or I was living in San Francisco for seven years, and um, yeah, it you, was yeah. You were there for university as yeah, well. Yeah, right? I was there during USF, like during the whole Airbnb boom mm -hmm. and like uh, Uber and you saw history all happen. that. It was just <laughs> insane. Yeah, I, how fast things were changing, and I think um, I had a healthy social life in university, going out on the weekends all the time, and it slowly started turning into like, oh, like so, where do you work? Um, like, um, you know, what do you do? Like. I don't know. It just came. It became all about tech, and mm. it was kind of like it was. It was fun and exciting at first, but it kind of gets old after a while. And I think um, the unhappiness I was feeling with my job, um, on top of working really long hours and then seeing like the people on the engineering team be the first to leave, like at a healthy hour of the day, kind of just made me feel like, what am I doing here? Mm. <laughs> this isn't for me. Mm. 
You should read this book that I recently read called Uncanny Valley. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's um, this woman's account of Silicon Valley, and it's it's very funny. It's very satirical in many ways. Because I mean, you 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 experienced that too. You you were there a little, a little bit? bit. I so I don't know because I came from finance, and I felt like a lot of things that were just in tech it was just like not as maybe extreme as finance okay so i and i think like the identification of the implicit bias and the slights and the microaggressions like that's also a skill that you learn right and you know when i was younger i don't know if i was very good at identifying those things I just kind of like was like oh that was weird but I didn't really know the words to us to like call it out right mm-hmm. or even how to call it out so I don't know the company that I the startup that I worked at was like there were quite a few female engineers there and um, people had families and I think that makes a big difference because like, you know, they they understand if you are sick or, like, you know, aren't feeling well or if you need to run errands. So I felt like, you know, I, like, people were really understanding. There wasn't, like, any crazy drinking going on, like I hear in some places. I don't know if you experienced that, Stuffy. Yeah. She's laughing like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> and we were also like not in the city. We were like down in Silicon Valley. So it was a little different. So I think I was like, and I was, a, and I was a software engineer. That's another thing, right? I was pretty privileged in mm-hmm. terms of like the, the tech, the Silicon Valley hierarchy, right? I was like, my position made me, put me like relatively on top but i mean like let's be honest not really <laughs> like you're just really a foot soldier right <laughs> yeah. like a crappy foot soldier so i don't know if i ever fully experienced like mm. maybe what you went through stuffy mm. and yeah. yeah i mean i don't i don't blame my company for doing what they needed to do to survive you know i think also it was my mindset at the time mm. um and just what i was capable of and like i just needed i think i was just overworking like I wasn't setting my own boundaries very well Mm. um and I'm really glad that that happened to me because then I wouldn't have you know decided to move to Japan that Mm. wasn't it was just kind of a impulse Mm. thing that I did because I was so unhappy and I'm Mm. since since moving to Japan that was like a a pivotal time in my life where like I felt like everything just got better for me yeah Yeah. So in these four years, um, you would say your experience has been fairly good. Yeah, I mean, I have my normal ups and downs, but it it all it all comes to me in um, waves of challenges that I I feel like I can overcome. I really mm-hmm. do. Yeah, it's when I I just think about. Yeah, you know, it's like I didn't expect. Moving to Japan and becoming uh, an influencer or a software engineer, like those weren't like things that I was like going for. I just came here because I like Japan and I, I'm passionate about the things it represents to me. And like the the series of events that led me to where I am now is just me following following my gut and mm. like the things that I believe in. And I think now that it's come into a form where I can explain it to someone. Um, in a tangible way, like I'm, in, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Um, it, it feels kind of crazy, and 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm really appreciative. Yeah. Cool. I think for people who may have followed you on Instagram and kind of saw you um, go from being content creator to content creator and software engineer, I feel like for many people that might have come out of nowhere. Like I know you were posting a little bit like I'm learning how to code, but then like, bam, suddenly you're like making the super cool donut filter on Instagram, (laughs) which everyone should check out. Um, But uh, like what like people don't usually talk about the work that goes into this stuff. So can you kind of describe the work that you put into it? I mean, you talked a little bit about it, but if you could go into more detail. Yeah, I mean, I definitely sacrificed a lot to take this step. And I guess I don't necessarily post about the struggle so much on my uh, my social media. I try to be careful about that. I, I you know, um, but I did basically cut off all my social activity I took I kept saying no to like job opportunities where I thought like man I should really take this gig but I I really don't have the time I spent hours just staring into a screen wondering why the code that I've been reading like 20 times is not working Mm. over and over again and I, I definitely felt strong bouts of frustration and felt like giving up hundreds of times but um i think i'm very stubborn in that way where it's like no i've already set my mind to this i'm gonna do it somehow i'm gonna figure i'm gonna figure it out but it, it was not it was not easy it was not easy and i think um uh imposter syndrome it's it's definitely something that i feel all the time and um it's it's kind of a absurd thing because it really goes against you you know you feel imposter syndrome because you want to be at a place that you feel like you're not, but mm. because you keep belittling all the things that you've accomplished, like it just prevents you from moving forward. And so um, naturally I feel these things and I kind of realize like it is it is getting in the way of where I need to go. So I literally have to write down things I don't necessarily believe. Like you can do this. <laughs> like, you can be a software engineer. You can figure this out. And I have to look at it and like convince myself that that is true. But it it works. Like it really mm. does. Like after, um, I'm taking mental notes. <laughs> after That's, a certain yeah. amount of time, like yeah. you can convince yourself that it works. Um, and get the hang of just like naturally talking to yourself in a in a nicer way, being kinder to yourself, because. Um, I think with um, in just facing imposter syndrome in general, like people don't realize, like um, I think people confuse it with being humble, which is mm. totally different. Um, I think the big, the key difference is like humility is able to be gracious and like recognize that you have accomplished something and you can give value, and you you know you're not you're not a you're trying to get from point A to C and like you may like you may be at B but you don't give yourself that credit that you you made it that far Mm. you know so Mm. yeah I I read something that's really helped me with like negative thoughts because we all have these negative thoughts right Um, someone wrote like would you say those things to your friend 
<laughs> right? Like the things that you're telling yourself, yeah. would you say that to a friend of yours? And of course, the answer is no, right? I would never tell a friend of mine that they're like too stupid to do something or like too ugly or whatever. Um, and then, you know, it's like, then why would you even say it to yourself? And that just forces, I think that forces me to just snap out of whatever I'm thinking and just move on. Did you have like similar thoughts when you were like coming up in software engineering? I don't know. No. I don't remember. Because it's so far in the past. It's so yeah. far in the past. <laughs> and, and I think like human beings are incredible, right? Because our minds kind of, I mean, I guess like a healthy mind typically like forgets some of that pain, mm. right? I'm sure I struggled. I, I do remember asking questions and just being perplexed by the answers. <laughs> you know? like, it's like yeah. I hear the words coming out of your mouth, but they do not make a, an yeah. ounce of sense to me. Um, but uh, I, I think for me, what pushed me forward was the fact that I had given myself no safety net. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I had quit my job. Yeah. And so it was like and and there's like I was like, there's no going back to that industry once you're out of it. So um yeah, I, I think I had no choice but to kind of keep going. And then also just the the expectations are just so low. <laughs> you know? Like for... for me, like I okay. think they were my you know, people were just like, Okay, so you're quitting your job to learn how to be a software engineer like <laughs> okay <laughs> right yeah no like this was maybe five or six years ago and at the time i remember people at my company were like oh so you're gonna be like roy the it guy that like <laughs> goes around and like turns our computers on and off and i was like no <laughs> i don't think so but <laughs> maybe yeah <laughs> you didn't even know yourself and so i think just like if i failed i mean well then you know it's not like i had it's not like people were like oh you're gonna do it mm. <laughs> you know like you're gonna succeed um so i felt um, in many ways, relieved by that. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you, were you the only one setting that expectation for yourself or did you have people who you felt like you would be letting them down if you didn't make that transition? Um, I mean, I think in in a way, because I'm, I'm very public with my life, when I say I'm going to do something and I, I post it online, that is like me holding myself accountable. It's like, okay, I said I'm going to do it. So if I don't do it, then I'm just yeah. going to look like a, like yeah. a failure. But I do that. I do that purposely. Um, mm. Oh, um, to hold yourself accountable? Yes. Okay. I do. Um, yeah. Yeah. When did you publicly announce that you were learning how to code? Um, huh. I don't know. I was definitely telling all of my friends when I, the idea came about, but I don't think I posted it online. Um, until like I finished foundations, mm. I I think I made a little announcement and I passed the um, the technical interview. I was very very, I was so happy. I cried. I think you remember, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I, I love about you is you're just you just wear your emotions on your sleeve, yeah. right? Or what 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 that phrase is? I don't remember the. Um, yeah. I wear yeah, my heart on my yeah, heart. Yeah, 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 there we go. I can't I'm help it. I, I try to tuck it away, but it just comes <laughs> out. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. You're just very authentic. Mm. I think, and it comes out I, in you know the work that you do. 
the passion and like, you know, the authenticity of your opinions and thoughts. I think it's I think that's why you have so many followers on Instagram <laughs> and like why people, you know, want to know what you're doing and are interested in what, you know, your career. Thank you. I mean, mm. it's, it's really touching. Now you have more and more women kind of looking up to you as a role model and seeing oh, you make this crazy switch. Um, what's been your advice to them? Yeah, I mean, I kind of see myself in their shoes because I, I remember being there. Um, and I know exactly what they're feeling when they when they open up to me and tell them, I do I, can I do this? Can I? They're just like, they're at that ideation phase where they're just like, maybe is this for me? And like, very inquisitive. And I'm very just, I, I give the same like warmth and welcome that that was given to me when I was reaching out to certain people um, asking for advice. And I just tell them like, hey, like, just keep trying. Like, even if you you do all these exercises and you're studying and you don't really know what's going on, like you, you are absorbing that knowledge little by little you're becoming more comfortable with all the grammar and the words that are being thrown around all this like tech jargon and stuff like that and sooner or later it will just start clicking like you will start realizing that you know what you're reading and you know what you're building and it's gonna come like slowly but surely and so just keep going at it be keeping consistent yeah cool thank you for joining me today um, thank you, Yan, for coming on, being a guest host. Thank you, Yan. Thank you, Cliff. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, you want to do your social media plugs, both of you? Uh, Cole Crystalis and Steffi Horner. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you want to see more of my cyberpunk content, you can always follow me on YouTube, Instagram, um, TikTok, at Steffi Harner. <laughs> cool. You have some really good TikToks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't checked out your TikToks uh, yeah. yet. Okay, I'll check them out. <laughs> and then you also have an Instagram filter. I do. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, and you can search for it. It's called Space Donut. It's a Space Donut. So if you go to my Instagram, there's a tab um, in the middle of the post in the tag post, the filters. Please try it out. Yeah, um, I've used it several yeah, times. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you can do the animations in JavaScript. It's not as hard as you think it is really i have a tutorial on it as well so um nice. just message dm me dm me if you're interested in learning more Steffi, it looked pretty hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah you can follow me on uh twitter and instagram at yanarchy so that's anarchy with a y in front of it <laughs> y-a-n-a-r-c-h-y um, but you can also follow Code Chrysalis at, uh, oh man, our name is hard to spell, uh, <laughs> on all the social medias, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, it's C-O-D-E-C-H-R-Y-S-A-L-I-S. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you <laughs> I have think to I think about it, right. it sometimes, yeah. I, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard to spell. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave links in the show notes, so, yeah. And, uh, oh, also, before I forget... If you would like to sign up for Foundations, Code Chrysalis, if you mention Tokyo Speaks, you get a 15% discount. Oh, yeah. And we have Foundations Lite now, which is um, pre-recorded lectures and all the same curriculum, as well as support from instructors at a lower price point. So you can also get 15% off that 
Um, if you, yeah, if you let us know, Tokyo Speaks. Yes, mention Tokyo Speaks. And you have to do that before uh, August 31st. 31st. Oh, yeah, is the deadline. Yeah, yeah, is the deadline for it. So sign up for a class before August 31st. And we're happy to honor that. Cool. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you so Thank you. much. All right. Tokyo <laughs> Speaks. We're out of here. Later. Thank you.